If you're listening to this podcast on Spotify, there is a poll question attached to it. Find it. Answer it. Let me know what you think. Chapter 21. The Consequence Was Corpses The Nazg labor crews were beginning to return, bringing with them timbers and cartloads of stone. They set about making improvements to Serenhel as best they could. They were not engineers, nor did they possess the wit to even mortar the stacks of stones they called walls. But with the Hargus inducements, they had patched the leaking roof. Fires now burned in several of the hearths. The great puddle in the center of his hall had been sopped up, making the space almost comfortable now, save for the smell of the despicable creatures themselves, for whom bathing was thought to make one vulnerable to virgence spells. The Hargath had long ago formed bolts to soften their stench. A simple negation. The staff of Nihil gave him strength to maintain it without effort. But now he had a problem, and it was not a simple one to solve. Dead Nozg. The staff derived enormous reserves of Mercus by draining the life from the living. But the consequence was corpses. He thought he could go another ten day without draining another of the creatures, but their friends were not best pleased by their comrades' involuntary sacrifice. He could kill any who raised so much as a four-finger claw toward him, but more killing would make more resentment, and on and on. Not even dim candles like these Nazg would tolerate his abuses forever. He had more important things to attend to than putting down a Nazgkin insurrection. Standing by the fire, he leaned on his staff. He felt nearly as strong as the day Kyla Sai had performed her demonic healing on him but he was a bit bored. Speaking to Tarek Petoro through his force-bonded trapper had been rather enjoyable, and now that the tavern Tart Wees was bound for the baths, he was impatient to do the same with her. But she would have to speak the word first, else he would waste an enormous amount of the staff's stored power for nothing. And then there would be more bodies to dispose of. He had been fortunate in discovering that trapper. The man had had the smallest murkish spark. It would never have awakened on its own, but it made all the difference now. Proof that the force of destiny wanted him to proceed. Noi called into the hall, Visitor! The servant Nog scraped in, his left leg now quite sore from a recent punishment. Show it in! The Hargus suspected he knew who this Nazg was, knew what it would demand. He felt it enter. By its shape he thought it wore thick furs and perhaps a headpiece. Yes, antlers. A clank of metal told of weapons, perhaps scraps of armor. This must be one of the many clan heads. He hadn't the slightest idea what they called themselves. To him all Nazg were vermin. Speak he said. The voice that drifted to him surprised him. Female. And human. He dropped all numbing of his senses. The stench of the Nazg was always pervasive in his grand hall, but the new smell was human. Or was it? There was a smoky quality to this person, 
not unpleasant. I've been looking for you, seer, she said. Sharp clicks resonated from the stone floor as she approached. An air of aggression wafted to him. The Hargath feared nothing. One swipe of his power and she would be prostrate before him. He drew in a breath, sank into the Mercosine web. She possessed no spark. Or was she quelled? Three days ago, I caught a Nozg. The story the poor creature told was incredible. It spoke of a lone invalid man being nursed to health by a Nozg. Here, in haunted Serenhell, I had to see it with mine own eyes. Her voice was clipped, the consonants harsh. The Staff of Nihil. I've seen drawings. The library in Locked is not particularly impressive, but it has its treasures, especially texts concerning the North. The Hargath didn't like her tone. Not at all. If she knew who he was, she should be more servile. He sent a bolt toward her mind, determined to rip from her what he wished to know. His attack was deflected by an absolute barrier. Now, now, ten. That's what you were called on the plantation, was it not? Only a fool would come here unprotected. Do you think I passed so many gnaws because they felt kindly toward me? He'd been wondering why his guard had been so lax as to let her pass freely. Quelled, which makes you an enemy of the way of Till, for all such relics are to be remanded to our... She touched him, lightly, on the chest. I suppose you were handsome once, but you never felt the sensual pull, did you? The Mercus is your mistress. He shoved her away, bringing a bolt of fire to bear. It shot forth, and Noy cried out and scurried backward. The woman accepted the flame, let it wash over her like water. It had no effect on her whatsoever. Who are you? he snarled, cutting off his attack. He felt the shape of her. Stocky, but perhaps that was due to her layer of furs. Tall, perhaps his own height. He sensed her warmth, so close to him. Not much movement in her body, not tensed to attack with the blade. Not that such would matter. He'd restored his Mercosine protections against such a strike long ago. Her immunity to Mercus fire told him little. She might have a relic that provided such protections. My name is Yothazandra. You may call me Yoth when I'm in this form. The Hargath drew a rasping breath and stumbled backward. Not possible. Not. She laughed. <laughs> and yet I'm here. I have information for you from the garden where Carlesai has recently been raised as highest of kill. What? He stammered for another few moments before biting his tongue. I believe our interests align. Carlesai held a council of the ways in kill's keep. They all accept her and her title. Remarkable girl. The meeting was disrupted by Yasnathan Flaumestak, who promised to help her bear kill into the world. 
the words of that demean me nothing. Flamishtak lusts to consume the girl. And if he did, the Hargath would harrow the beast with such agony it would surrender its eternities of life to be free of it. He means to trick her somehow. Flamishtak also said that if Sai refused, you would bear kill into the world. Absurd! I'm a seer in the way of Till, the father god. I am the most righteous of the righteous. Kill was defeated and driven from this world and the hearts of men a thousand years ago. Highest Flay would never sit in council with one claiming to be a follower of Kill. Flay is dead, taken by a madness of some sort. He attacked the coin who immediately slew him in retribution. A man named Quiv has been named Highest of Highests. Who? Your isolation here leaves you vulnerable in a swiftly shifting world. I know you plan to bring a horde of Nozg south to capture Starside. You may prevail, but Kill grows restless in his exile. He awaits one with enough power to pull him here. If it were you, perhaps you might sit upon the Raven Throne for ten thousand years. Your reach long enough, your grip firm enough to grasp the rest of the world and bring every mortal soul to righteousness. Yathazandra let out a guttural body guffaw. She patted his arm. Her hand was fiery hot, even through his thick robes. A culmination comes, she said. Would you rather sigh bring kill into this world and reap his rewards? What difference does it make to you and your kin? Because kill's nature will be decided by who births him here. Just as one of my kind's first flight, beneath the sun or the stars, dips a wing toward comity or animosity with man. By that reasoning, kill might be good? Nonsense. And what of the father god? He would never allow such treason against his rule. You may have not noticed, hold away as you are in your crypts and haunted ruins, but Till is as feeble as a doddering oldster on his deathbed. The force of destiny moves against him, pulling the way of Till with it. Blasphemy, unbridled blasphemy. And it tingled the Hargath's spine with some resonance of truth. Would you have me change allegiance? Why would that be necessary? With false shock, she went on, Oh, you don't truly believe Till is a man-shaped godling bethroned among the stars, do you? Surely you are not so simple-minded. He knew when he was overmastered by a being with more experience and knowledge than he. Debating theology with Yoth would win him nothing. Her hands returned to his body, this time slithering around his waist. She pressed close to him, nose hovering inches from his cheek. Her breath was hot, scalding. If you desire to summon kill, do you know the rites 
Do you know the place? Do you know all what's needed? I know nothing of such vile rituals. I'm a man of absolute morality. A heat he'd rarely felt rose in his abdomen, spreading downward. Absolute morality? Oh, yes, except for your constant lying and unrepentant killing, she said. She placed her lips on his skin. Searing pain caused him to inhale sharply, but he didn't pull away. Except for sucking the murkus marrow from younglings? Except for conspiring with Nozkkin to overthrow my little cousin in her fortress citadel? You weary me, Ten. She pulled him closer, hips moving against him. You are a man. Morality is unnatural to your kind. Till would laugh at your Theb and your doctrine, if he had mind enough to comprehend it. Stirred by her lascivious tone and the painful heat of her body, the Hargath struggled to form words. Part of him knew Yoth's allure was unnatural, but not Mercusine. It was a magic he could not understand, unique to her kind. He tried to force an image of what she really was into his mind, seeking to douse his arousal. Even before he'd put out his eyes, he'd rarely felt the slightest attraction to women. I will show you the way of kill, she whispered, her breath torching his ear. He retained the presence of mind to ask, if weakly, Why do you need me, Yathazandra? I cannot move freely in this world. Certain things are forbidden to me. Her mouth pressed to his. Glorious and excruciating fire consumed him. Outside Serenhel, in the valley below the stern face of the fortress walls, a deer tracked through the snow, trailed by her yearling fawns. They stamped and scraped their forehooves in the snow, seeking bits of green underneath. A shriek, inhuman and dire, pealed from the old ruin. A second later came a man's cry, the agony of a long-pent desire releasing. The deer started, then bounded into the trees. Nozg beneath the sun, and those in their deep cavern hives lifted their heads. The sound rang out again and again. A shaman called Puck rattled his skull scepter. In his Lurkmire tongue he pronounced a rare word. Few among his people knew its meaning. In Inish it was a ten-skillet word, one Carla's father might have used. Consummation. The Lurkmire word did not have that word's exact connotations, but it was as close as Inish could get. But Nozk had their seers and oracles and knucklebone readers. They had their oral traditions, passed from generation to generation since the hated first race had subjugated them and driven them from their crops and lakes. Men were even worse, but men were powerful. The blind man was the most powerful they'd ever known, 
and now he'd found his Agalamasalamas. Mother would soon give birth to mother. The age of the Nazg was upon them. Pock stood and rattled his skull. He chanted his chant, Agalamath Alamath, Agalamath Alamath. Those around him soon joined. From chamber to hall to chamber the chant rose. Runners burst from caves to cross snowbound passes to spread the chant. In a ten day, twenty million Nazg would have uttered the chant. Shamans threw knuckles. Garato crones spread fern paste over obsidian and drank wolf blood and mushroom slurry. Visions overtook them, and they too chanted their insights. The age of the Nazg had returned. In barren Seren Hell, the Hargath had shed what remained of his robes. The Donesmaster Brown lay in shredded scraps. He lay upon the bare stone of the floor, immune to the draughts and damp of the winter-locked north. Yoth had gone still next to him, her inferno flesh still searing him. He wished for eyes, to see the glorious abomination to whom he had joined himself. He was no fool. He knew she did not offer him the way of kill for his benefit. She sought something else. He would discover what it was in time. Till was the father god. Of that the Hargath had no doubt. But if Kill was to be brought into this world, why should it not be into a prison of the Hargath's creation? Why settle for the rewards of a god when godhood itself lay upon the table for the taking?